0: From the high desert in Far East, West Texas, this is the world's fastest scoring sports media podcast with sports TV Ratings. Hi, I'm Robert Seidman, and joining me for this episode is Jason Coyle. He's the CEO of Stadium, a multi-platform network available on uh, TV via local over-the-air broadcast stations in many markets, and also available in some cable and digital bundles, and it's available on the web via app. Twitter, Twitch, and FuboTV. They also do some uh, extracurricular uh, stuff on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, and they recently have been hiring up talent like Shams and Brett McMurphy and Jeff Goodman. The stadium just celebrated its first birthday and it has a lot going on. Jason, thanks for joining my podcast to talk about it.
1: Robert, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: So I know you've been uh, you've been gaining it roads in distribution, uh, and I've always kind of found... Found what you're doing uh, fascinating, um, not so much for the what as the when. Like you're you launch a new uh, a new network basically at a at a time where everything is kind of up in the air with the uh, with the TV landscape, and uh, even via the traditional cable bundle. I think I think the latest I saw is you've gone from uh, around 15 million households uh, to being available via the bundle in around 23 million households just in the the past year or so. And uh, in, a, in a world where uh, you have that, uh, the over-the-air stuff and the internet stuff, it's obvious to me that your actual distribution is greater than 23 million, uh, but what's less obvious to me is how to come up with a better way to look at it. How, how do you look at it in terms of well, your reach? I, I,
1: well, thank you. Well, well, first, we start with the premise that our, our, our goal is to become the most widely distributed and easily accessible sports network that there is, and launching... Um, Forty years after cable gives us a real advantage in that we're not tied into any sort of legacy um, MSO deals or any sort of other restrictions as it relates to our rights. So we have we have the the quality and and um, programming mix and production values of television, but we can push into every viable um, media platform. And as you as you surmised, we're we're already significantly north of. Of 23 million homes, when you, when you look at it uh, on a combined basis. So first, when you start with with uh, television driven, primarily by over-the-air broadcast uh, in, in markets across the country, we cover 63% of the country wow. already. And in certain markets, and many, as a matter of fact, we're also picked up uh, on the on the cable systems, whether it's Time Warner Cable in New York City or it's Comcast in Chicago and um, and, and, others across the country. It's a, it's a great foundation. Uh, and then on top of that, we're available for free via streaming in our, uh, our, our, uh, native Roku apps and Apple TV and iOS and WatchStadium.com. As you mentioned, we're in the bundles like Fubo and sling TV. Um, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter streaming live. So our numbers in, uh, as, as a cumulative matter, um, are, are significant and, and growing fast. Um, we're also going to be adding Nielsen ratings here in, uh, in, in later in Q3. So we'll be able to give you very specific, um, readouts as to our, our distribution footprint just in, in the, uh, in the days and, and weeks ahead, but we're, we're north of 23 already. And, uh, we really don't see any reason for us to, to ever get capped out on the, on the number of homes, just because we're available in, in, in every way that, uh, that sports fans and, and, uh, and uh, cord cutters and cable enthusiasts alike would like to watch us.
0: Yeah. So I, I recently saw a Nielsen stat that basically said something like, you know, what's old is new again. And uh, believe it or not, yes. uh, people, people uh, putting up antennas and watching stuff over the air has uh, seen a, somewhat of a dramatic resurgence in, the, in a lot of markets. And I'm wondering, you know, can, can you see that from what you're doing? Do, do you see it? And how, how, does, how does that manifest for you? What, what does that look like?
1: well I, I love that everything that is old is new again. I've been doing this for for twenty years in in some capacity and started back um back when 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 uh, uh local television was an important component you tried to syndicate across the country right. um we We absolutely are seeing viewership at at these uh at with with these d- digital antennas because they're this category is growing twenty percent a year when the rest of television is stagnant. There's a couple of reasons. For that one is it's just it, I think it's it's the it's the mindset of of the cord cutter now it's it's yep. boy, there we there has to be a better way than paying full freight for a huge cable package or satellite package and for, for a matter of twenty dollars thirty dollars you could yep. get a digital antenna that is not like um, the old rabbit ears it's really just the size of a mouse pad but then what we're seeing, I think hopefully is responsive to your question, is these pre-installed digital antennas shipping in Roku boxes, smart TVs, and the like. And so all you have to do is buy a new set, turn it on, and you already have you have an antenna searching for available channels. And before you've thought to call the cable company, um, you, you're watching television. And it's not just cbs and and nbc and the like although that's a really compelling way to start you already have network television yep. there's up to to eight eighty channels in, in in a given market that you can watch for free and you're not paying anything on a monthly basis and we're the only the only Maldives the only really all sports network available in this this growing ecosystem so we definitely have seen an impact and uh, we get calls all over the country thanking us for being on quote regular television. So we ser- we certainly are seeing an impact.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a it's a year mileage may vary thing based on where you live and and sort of what your uh, yep. your geographic circumstances are. Uh, but for a lot of people, I mean, just right out of the box, they plug it in, and uh, and it works and it looks good, and they have access to many many channels. So uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, to, to To see, like you said, that uh, that they're seeing growth there, like twenty percent a year, it's it's pretty fascinating. All right, so yeah, let's go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. There's there's the um, the numbers that we see is there in, in total in in the, in the U.S. There are 54 million people watching um, free to air broadcast, and and the numbers are showing up to 65 million wow. next year, wow. and that's just a compelling number of people before you even start worrying about whether um, you know, people are even watching streaming and and the yep. like. But as as you start, uh, you, there, I I also am encouraged about this new. Um, there's a new broadcast uh, standard coming out yep. that is going to have the same impact as analog move to digital. There's going to be another leap um, that that's coming up that will enable free-to-air broadcast television to be picked up by your handset, your phone. You're walking around with a television, and
0: yeah, people I'm worried
1: sp- about. Yeah. Net uh, was, neutrality and fast, fast lanes and data caps. You don't have to worry about any of it. You're just watching free television.
0: So, so the the future is exciting and uh, I am excited about the new standard. Although right now, probably my uh, expectations are a little bit tempered just because of the, you know, the, everyone's going to have to transition to new equipment basically to be able to use that. But once that, that that's in place, sure. that's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting, right? So you can, you're going to be able to be in your car and just watch TV. If you, I mean, you know, people sitting in the backseat of your car will be able to watch TV on their phones if they want to. And, and you know, it, it'll just work, which is, uh, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, so I wanted to, to move to content rights. And, uh, you sure. know, generally speaking, and I don't want you to give away any of the, the keys to your kingdom, but how, how are you looking at the media rights landscape in general and then more specifically about what you want to go after at Stadium?
1: Well, I, I think we're monitoring... Uh, we're monitoring the, the landscape like, like the rest of the media companies. We, we started in uh, making sure that we have uh, en- enough rights to put together a daily news and information uh, live studio operation that's just table stakes and foundational. So we have invested quite a bit in, um, uh, in, in highlight rights, in progress game highlights, uh, post-game highlights, and the like. And from there, with the talent that you mentioned at the outset, uh, we, we're we're making that 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 news and information very watchable, authoritative, um, s- set of uh, of uh, of programs that we think are important. So so first, we don't just skip over the highlights. We think that's still relevant and important. Right. Um, and then we we're heavy in college, as 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 you you probably know, we have uh, exclusive rights to thousands of a mixture of college football, college basketball, men's and women's lacrosse, soccer, women's volleyball, volleyball rights as well, and we've got great partnerships with Conference USA and the Mount West and West Coast Conference and Patriot League, um, and and certainly are are excited about those. But we've got our eyes open for the next wave of rights as they come up in a couple of years, and and certainly. Um, we would like to continue our, our position in college. And, and we've just recently struck a, a new five-year deal with Conference USA that was announced over the summer in partnership with Facebook and, and one that uh, is exciting for us. So we want to have our hat in the ring for everything as it comes up and not really put any bounds as to what uh, where we might go. But I, I'd say staying staying with college is, is a place where we're um, – where we're excited and then we've got our eyes uh, out for a, for a whole lot uh, beyond that. And, and we certainly are in negotiations and at the very least conversations with some exciting properties beyond uh, outside the college space.
0: Yeah, so uh, one of one the things, speaking of the, the talent that, you, that you're hiring, um, and I, just, I just had the idea that, you know, that, that it looks like that the landscape has changed and, and now sort of the gig economy even applies to maybe, you know, some journalists and uh, some, some on-air personalities, uh, you know, so that they can, they can sort of share across several different platforms. Uh, what, what kind of opportunities does that present for you in terms of talent that you can hire?
1: I like the way you put that in terms of the gig, gig economy, and, and we take advantage of uh, of all sorts of personalities coming on and doing a hit for us here or a segment for us there. But we made a full-time investment in in, in the, the talents that you mentioned at the outset, Shams, um, Jeff Goodman, Brett Murphy, because we think it's important f- for us as we grow our brand and, and as we we show our our fans and viewers every day that there's something unique and exclusive and authoritative about what we do and it's not just picking up a hit here or there um, you can come to the stadium every day and you're going to see right. Shamsway get on the NBA every day and you're it, you're, you're going to hear Brett talking about college football and, right. and Jeff Goodman so authoritative and knowledgeable so for us it's a worthy investment in certain places to go, to go in with a full time approach and then we supplement uh, we have hundreds of voices and hundreds of, of faces across the country, um, whether they're beat writers or they're um, other insiders in market across the country who will come in and add local knowledge and 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 layers and and um, expertise to whatever story we we might be covering. So we really do take full advantage of the gig economy, but we we are making some bets and making some some significant investments into becoming closely associated with certain with certain talent right
0: so i talked ab- about some stuff in the intro that i considered uh, maybe extracurricular to your other efforts and uh, in the hopes of making a better podcast i, I crowdsource some of uh, my questions and uh, uh, my friend uh, matt Sarziniak, he's at matt sars on twitter uh, wants to know sure. why there's some exclusive content on facebook and if that's about more about expanding uh, stadium's brand awareness or only having the digital rights or a combination of, of all of those things or none of the above.
1: It's probably some combination of all, uh, all of the above. And I see Matt's tweets often and he's, he's really knowledgeable. So I appreciate the question. Well, well, some for, for Facebook is a, is a, we think a really significant opportunity to grow our relationship with an incredible partner. Um, Facebook and we have a direct um, economic deal and um, a really deep seated partnership. And for those gains that are exclusive to Facebook, there's, there's a reason why there's a business agreement as to, to why we put those gains on, on Facebook exclusively. Um, it, and we, they, they've been fantastic partners. And we just see as, as the world goes behind paywalls and you see um ESPN Plus come out and Bleach right. Report live come out and 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 the Zone and a lot of really formidable, um, compelling packages. Whether and even MLB.TV and and the like, yep. we think that a broad, broad, broad reach um, uh, vehicle and platform is critical for us acquiring new rights from our from our partners um, to getting the word out, growing our brand, and Facebook. Obviously is completely in line with um, with that goal. So uh, creating the the deepest possible partnership with them is critical to us. and part of that is having content that's exclusive to that platform. And another reason that that we do some exclusives with Facebook is that when we when we produce those games, we go beyond what we could do if it were a, a television game. We, we lean into their social, um, aspect we lean into interactivity um, you'll see we really don't go to break right. um, Yeah. so we we take comments and questions and it's not just um, you know funny um, extracurricular type of content it's really it, it can be our fans asking our our color commentators why are the safeties playing a certain way or why is this personnel grouping out on the field instead of that one and and so we're really able to lean into all of the, the benefits of, that this this technology and that platform can offer. Um and so it's important in those cases to be exclusive to to Facebook because we're offering an experience that doesn't translate as well in that case to, to a to a flat television
0: experience. I'm really sorry to do this to you, but a lot of people, I mean a lot of people really want me to ask you about the Fox RSNs Disney has to unload as a result of its purchase of the Fox assets. And several people want to know what about stadium? Why can't they buy them? And, and, you know, bolster themselves (laughs) that way. And, uh, you know, with the, with the relationship with Sinclair and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and you know what? So I, you know, rather than, rather than not ask it and just dismiss it out of hand, I figured, I figured I'd let you take a crack at, take a crack at it.
1: Well, I love the question and the vision, and we don't see ourselves um, uh, with with limits as to where the brand might go as well. We're obviously uh, pretty new on, on our own. So uh, as a standalone play, I, I doubt that we'll be uh, a significant player. But as part of a, a, a larger strategy, um, who, who knows where the industry might go? We we have, of course, Sinclair as a wonderful uh, partner and, and some of our other equity owners are, are significant players in, in the industry. Um, so, so who knows how this all all plays out. We're watching closely and, um, again, wouldn't necessarily put any bounds on where, on where we as a brand, uh, might go now or in the, in the years ahead.
0: So from, from your perspective, is there, is there any, any viewer, uh, currently more valuable to you than the, than the local viewer that, that likes local sports?
1: We have a, we have a national like our offering is uh, is national. We we definitely want to serve certain fan bases that are we think passed over and underserved by other national um, networks. But it's not a it's not a local service per se.
0: I guess I'm looking at it this way. So I'm not from El Paso, but I'm currently living in El Paso. So I have toyed around with stadium and I, I, I see a ton of Mountain West uh, conf- and conference USA stuff, and and I feel like sure. you know that's really targeting you know the schools that the people in the area are really familiar with, and uh, and I could see where where you know that targeting you know sort of builds uh, you know a loyalty based on. Uh, you know, the, 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 way sports tribalism works, I guess, that, that, but in a good way, uh, you know, in a, in a way that, that gets them habituated to, to using your stuff. And so I'm wondering, you know, how, who, who, let me ask it another way. And I, I apologize for, for figuring this out as no, we go along. No, no. Like who, who do you see as your prototypical, prototypical best, best viewer for stadium?
1: Um, well, well, I think we have a couple and and one, we start with cord cutters, um, who, there's 33 million cord cutters in, in the country who just don't have pay television, and um, we we are absolutely dedicated to becoming their daily sports um, network. Um, again, as as this cord cutting land landscape expands, we see ourselves positioned the way that ESPN was positioned as cable expanded. So we start there, and, and um, we also like cord cutters as. Not just a demographic of those 33 million people, but also a psychographic: those who are challenging to tradition, those who are not going to eat what uh, is tried, to, what others would like to feed to them, yeah. and and who really want something different and want a different voice and want a fresh perspective, um, who who want something different than than the traditional networks have to offer. So we we love those people too, and we try to message to them and Hey, you're going to see different." you're going to hear different voices and you're going to see different types of content on here. Um, so, so, you know, that, that kind of um, sports fan who wants more is important, but you, you, you really did the premise of your question. Now that I understand a little better, it is right on. We, we have, we have games and we have rights to football and basketball and, and other sports to fan bases that we think are significantly underserved. They, they're, they're scaled. Um, there are millions of graduates of Conference USA schools, for instance. Right. And w- once we show their football game, I think on the other networks, just by the way that they're built and their programming schedules and the pressure um, uh, for airtime, I think you'll see games being aired. And then instead of doing a post game show or, or committing studio attention to, to a conference USA or, or um, a local school, they'll be on to the next thing. And, and we, <clears throat> we embrace those fan bases like you're mentioning. And for each of our uh, rights partners, we make sure that we're covering them in studio and, and we really are becoming a, a resource where they don't just see the football game. They right. can, they, they, they see that they've got a chip in the national conversation. They've got a place on the national agendas as, as we see it. And, yes. and that really is important to us to to include more fan bases than I think ha- have been served up to date um, by by the uh, by the other
0: networks. Yeah, thank you. That 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 is where I was trying to go with that. So uh, thank thank you for getting me back on course. So, uh, <laughs> gambling and th- that landscape. How are, how are you thinking about that? Or are you thinking about it at all?
1: We're thinking a lot about it. Um, <laughs> it it's a great question, and I think uh, we we've already we've already seen in an, an informal conversation. We and everyone else are going to benefit from, from the advertising in that space, the yep. heightened avidity and interest in every type of event. We think that we're, we're already, we're already covering um, sports gambling inside of our other shows, whether it's the rally or uh, any of our other studio programming, we'll already do um, sports gambling segments inside of there. And right. and. We're in the process of developing, is no surprise, um, a dedicated programming to to gambling. But our, our overall our overall strategy of of newsbreakers and authoritative voices, we also think, works because even though a Sham Sharania or Brett McMurphy or or Jeff Goodman um, and others to come, even though that their news that they break and the story that they're close to is not necessarily gambling related. It has an impact. And right. I think viewers knowing that they can tune in to stadium on a daily basis and be on the bleeding edge of, of news that's out there. We think it's going to naturally attract um, those people who also are, are unafraid to place a wager.
0: More crowdsourcing this time from my friend uh Turesh Mullick. He's at Resh Manuel. Manuel. R-E-S-H-M-A-N-U-E-L on Twitter. And he wants to know what kind of data are you getting from Twitch and how will you measure success on that platform? And by the way, I'm going to ask you the same question about Facebook.
1: Sure. Twitch is an exciting platform for us. We're brand new uh, in in terms of our distribution on that platform, but we're really excited about it. I think we can, I I think it comes down to, to a couple of things. How much viewership can we drive? How much engagement can we drive? And and how can we change the media experience um, in a significant enough manner to really create something that um, that that warrants viewers' attention on that platform? Um, there, there are some exciting things that we're doing. We're seeing sponsorship dollars flow directly to Twitch campaigns. And we can do things on that platform that's so exciting. And I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, this is a real-life example with a real-life sponsor who spent almost a half a million dollars around a, a couple of shows. I will not share it yet because we haven't, we haven't announced it. But if you imagine um, a classic game that we have that's showing on television and it's programmed in a way that makes sense and it's good viewing and it's, it's an engaging game from say it's f- 15 years ago and everyone right. remembers it and, and you'd watch it for all the reasons you might watch ESPN classic or, sure. or an, a, another classic on our, on our air. But now imagine that we have on Twitch, uh, uh, superimposed on the experience, Twitch only experience where we have a, a player from each team who actually participated and uh, uh, will engage with with the other, with, with the fan bases on nice. Twitch and talk smack back and forth <laughs> nice. while they're watching the game. Um, everyone else in the world is who's not on Twitch is still seeing a very nice game. They're not seeing all of this interaction, but we're creating an experience that's special to Twitch. And that creates special value to a sponsor. Uh, and so I think to answer the question, uh, we have to push ourselves when we have an opportunity to have a partnership like Twitch to do to, to move the entire medium and experience ahead of, of what we can do on, on television and see if we can drive meaningful audience and, and monetize that in in partnership with brands. And I think we're seeing really exciting early returns there.
0: So, so can you talk about, uh, you know, the data that you're getting from these, these, these companies, like whether whether it's Twitch or Twitter or Facebook, um, are you, are you getting data that really facilitates testing and learning and, you know, uh, incremental change uh, or, or are we not at that level yet?
1: We're definitely at the level. Um, so I, I think in each of those cases, it's they're not necessarily my data to share. So I, I sure, probably sure, won't share
0: sure.
1: s- specifics. Uh, I will say that it, it creates a little bit of a challenge—a surprisingly manual process in this day of uh, of, of in- incredible analytics and um, uh, and measurement and the like. Because when we distribute across television, that's Nielsen, got it. Um, then we add up uh, the, the viewership on our apps and Roku and, and the like, got it. But then, as we distribute that content through a Twitch and a Facebook and a and a Twitter, those are three independent individual buckets of, of data um, that we don't own. Uh, right. We, 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 we you know we have access to that um, under each respective partnership, but it's a surprisingly manual process to to piece together um, the to, the total audience and 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 demos. But I will say, Facebook has in particular, and we have a longer standing. Partnership there than with Twitch. So I'll speak to that. Uh, really wonderful data in, in terms of number of fans, um, quality of the engagement, how many um, likes or comments or uh, other other engagements. We have the length that each fan is is watching. Uh, surprisingly long watch times, I will say. We have the raw data as to the number of viewers, um, and 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 we really have access to whatever um they're they're able to share with it, it's, and and we know with everything that's going on in a more macro world that they they have to be careful with the types of data that they're collecting and then then sharing back but i can't say just on a on a pretty down the middle demographic basis they, they've been doing a great job in terms of getting us what we need to really shape our programming um, i can't say it's a younger viewer than on television even with a college football game um, where you see a, a viewer an average college football viewer on on television is in her low 50s say um you see us drag down 10 12 15 years as a as an average age on uh, on facebook um so so we really get a lot uh, of data and and uh, i just want to emphasize again they've been they've been really tremendous in helping us really understand how to take some traditional content and, and really making it um making it more personal and more interactive. And, and they have been pretty forthcoming with it, with those data.
0: Uh, thanks. I, I, I know you can't get the, the data out itself, but uh, I do appreciate uh, you sharing how that works. Sure. Uh, so uh, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, you know, football season is coming up. I, I am, I, you know, I am particularly for college football, very excited. Uh, what's what, what are you most excited about? That's coming up on stadium in the next few months that you are already allowed to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, I think um, this is going to be our this is going to be our our first year of our new deal with Conference USA. Um, we're we're excited for for all of our conference partners, of course. But the Conference USA schedule is really exciting. Um, we've got our eyes, I'll say, on FAU in in particular. Uh, sure. We've got six six games with Lane Kiffin. <laughs> that's going to be on, on stadium air and, and boy, is he a watchable personality? Yes, I think he's got a pretty good, he got a pretty good football team down there as well. And we've got some really interesting games. Uh, they're going to have a great offense They have some phenomenal talent and extremely watchable coach. Um, so I think that, and we have, uh, I think a dozen teams who were in bowls last year, 13 teams who were in bowls last year. So they have a great schedule and uh, but if a- FAU can can pull off an early upset, uh, and with some of their uh, um, cross conference games, you're going you, you to have a lot of a lot of fun with that. But I think that, I think that's a top twenty quality team, and I think they're just going to get better and better as as they go, as we saw last year.
0: Yep, it's uh, it'll be exciting, uh, you, and uh, you will with Lane Kiffin get me watching some stadium for sure. <laughs> uh, so listen, well, Jason, you. I I really appreciate uh, you joining the podcast, and uh, you you're welcome to come back and talk about what's up anytime.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks again to Jason Coyle for joining the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to him. And uh, I didn't know that Stadium had just celebrated its first birthday on uh, August 21st until after the call. Uh, So I added my intro to slip that in. But uh, pretty impressive first year. Happy birthday. And uh, you could probably tell from the way I framed the question that I was pretty sure Jason would shut down the RSN idea completely. But he's a very open-minded man. If I'm working for Stadium, I like that. Uh, who Get the Fox RSNs is a fun parlor game for some of us. And, of course, on Wednesday came reports that Fox itself is mulling a bid to buy the RSNs back for Fox Sports. It breaks my brain a little, but it's never a dull moment. Thanks for listening.